<laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> it's barely coming through. <laughs> What's up, AK? What's up, man? Wow, what a well, if you're not if you're listening out there and you're not fired up now, something's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm I gotta tell you, I'm pissed off. I'm angry today. Oh no. I'm what? angry. What? Don't we could have had, had Buddy healed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could it's have. Not, it's not even that, dude. We could have even had, you know, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Imagine this team with Sabonis. Oh, that would have been a bonus. You had Sabonis. <laughs> I'm not even going to go down the rest of this list. Are you kidding me? Oh, Let's man. go. Wow. Those are so you're taking jabs at all of the outside of Philadelphia people who spent months going. You go. You should just trade him. Get rid of the distraction. Just take what you can get. Outside of Philadelphia people, the small-minded inside of Philadelphia people. Oh. We'll take anybody. We can't waste and be. Daryl Morey is a hero, and anybody that doesn't think that doesn't think that he's smarter than everybody else. You're wrong. It was the plan all along. He outclassed the league, and he knew if I just waited out, somebody will come free. I think looking back, he knew he wanted Harden all along. Yeah. Uh, wow. How much? Uh, how much collusion do you think took place in in Daryl Morey influencing Harden to want out so bad of Brooklyn? I mean, I, I actually think there's a lot of truth to Harden saying he wanted to be here all along, man. Yeah. I, I believe that. I think he looked at it last year and was like, "I'd like to get to Philly," and I think. The real loser in this whole thing, it's hilarious, is Houston because they kept, they probably could have got Thibault and Maxi last year. Well, didn't they get a ton anyway? Didn't they get picks and stuff? I don't remember. They got a, they got a million first round picks, but imagine if you had Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxi, and uh, oh, yeah, Thibault to start a team. Like that would be crazy. Pretty good haul. It's better than what they got. Yeah. I mean, we did it. The last episode we were on here was two days before the trade went down, and we were just we were thinking of what if. Now we're three games in, three double-digit wins in. We got a nice little weekend slate coming up with a back-to-back Cleveland at home, Miami on the road, which I will be in attendance for firsthand in my City Edition Joel Embiid jersey. Already packed it. Um, But, man, what's your take? What's your take on watching this team gel together? I I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. You're seeing guys with more space than they've ever had. You're seeing guys like Maxi step up and do things he's never done before, like the step back threes last night. Like the growth that's taken place in three games is unbelievable. You're seeing Doc show what he can do as a coach, staggering his rotations the right way now. I mean, this is this is amazing. It's everything that we've ever missed. It, it, the last time I've been this excited about a Philadelphia, the Philadelphia athlete is T.O. by a long shot. Mm. And I just think it's so pathetic that there's people out there that are still lamenting giving up guys like, Andre Drummond. Like, are you kidding me? I am. I'm fully convinced Andre Drummond's going to be back on the team next season. He's on a one-year deal. Doc was talking in an interview about how they still text all the time. I, uh, I firmly believe he's back. You think he's going to get paid and go be a big. I think he's going to, yeah, there's not enough good centers in the NBA. I think Andre Drummond can easily go get himself 10 mil a year. If Danny Green can get himself 10 mil a year this year, Andre Drummond 10 next year. And I don't think we can afford that. Nor should we. So the, 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 the major question then is championship this season. What, what's your probability at? I, I give them as good a shot as anybody. I mean, honestly, I mean, who's, who's better than the Philadelphia 76ers right now 
that you're like, man, we can't beat that team. There's teams out there that I wouldn't be shocked if yes. they could beat us. Like if we lost to Milwaukee, would I be shocked? No, that's right. a good squad. If, if we lost to Phoenix in the finals, would I be shocked? No, it's a great squad. If Kevin Durant comes out and he's doing his thing and Kyrie's clear for the playoffs, like that team's going to be dangerous. KD back tonight. Does anybody? Yeah. KD's back tonight. Uh, there are two teams that I, 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 I think could beat us, but with how good we are playing and with how amazing this thing looks and it three games in, I genuinely am at a level of excitement and championship possibilities for this year more than ever before. Milwaukee could knock us off and Phoenix could knock us off. And that means it's either going to be an Eastern Conference Finals or a final season at the very least. And then we can offload Tobias and figure out a way to just completely dominate next season. But those are the only two teams. But I really do, honestly, they're capable of knocking us off, but not probable. And we got a big problem coming up here because you are getting married at a time that would be dead center in the middle of the NBA finals. And we need to figure out what we're going to be doing if there's a Sixers game during your wedding. That's easy. I think that part of it's easy. I'm not really worried about my wedding because we can turn that into a great little viewing party with a good squad. And that'll be fun as hell. Your bride would be okay with that. Yeah. She's a big Sixers girl. I'm real worried about my honeymoon though. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to the Maldives in Thailand. I'm gonna be sitting here with the Maldivians playing oh, along. Do that. You can't. I'm like, Yo, with the, uh, maybe it's in Thailand by the time we're going there after. Like, you can't I'm skip the parade for the Maldives, Dave. I can't do that. What? It's gonna be five in the morning. I'll be like, Yo, I don't even know what the name of a guy from Maldives is. Play the song. Like, I he's not gonna know. What I'm, he's not gonna know what I'm talking about. Good job not guessing. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't gonna take a risk. Like, what, what am I supposed to do there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything that scares you about the current team, the way it's constructed? I mean, if anything, it's the bench. And, you know, is Tobias too far in his head to come out of it? But I think that'll play itself out. I'm not even looking onto the playoffs, man. I'm taking this one day at a time. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, like, you know me. I've been on this. Who got, who gets the ball for the Sixers? Down five, up five. Right. That's my big thing for two, two years now. Problem solved. Even look at last night, right? They have one of those disaster first halves where everything's going wrong. And what I've been saying all along, what you've even come to agree with all along, you need that guard. You can't have it be the center. You need that guard that's going to keep you in it because the game will eventually flip. And you saw that last night. And right. it flipped so fast. Right. My, my, one of my favorite things about all three of these games is first two, three possessions down the court, ball's going from Harden down to the low post to Embiid. And I thought that was – that's critical, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that changes as, as time goes on because Harden was really the stabilizing force that kind of sparked the comeback and kept us close at the end of the first half in last night's game. But I don't want to lose sight of who the MVP in the NBA is, and I don't think Joel really cares about winning MVP if, if, it, if there's a title to be had, but I don't want to lose sight that it's his team and that everything should and will continue to run through him. Well, you, they know that too. Look at the uh, the the way they announced everybody last night. Embiid was last. Yeah, his squad. They had Harden go first. I thought they should have done the opposite. I was on that train. Give me. Oh, uh, you got to keep Embiid last. There's certain there's certain things about that last one that just resonate. Joel, the process Embiid being announced last, and uh, a six foot guard from Georgetown. Those are just two of the best sounds in the world. Yeah, they are. A Sixers fan, they definitely are. You know what was cool last night, too, is you look at Harden in the first half, completely different player than the second half. 
he went straight facilitator in the second half. He wasn't forcing the action on offense. He missed a couple shots, but he was basically like, let me, let me make a concerted effort to get Maxi involved because he got hot. Let me make a concerted effort to try to figure this out with Tobias Harris and get him some confidence and some looks. And it was very, very cool to see. And you're just looking at a guy that's so locked in. He wants to win. It, it's, the, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. And there's, if there's anything, yeah, the bench is a worry. But, you know, there's always going to be something on every team. I'm not looking at the Milwaukee Bucks saying their bench is lights out. Yeah. It's, I, we're fine. We're yeah. fine. We are. Uh, uh, do we get DeAndre Jordan? In your opinion, I, there, there was rumors last night that Willie Cauley-Stein was going to get the backup center minutes, and then he didn't check into the game until there was 60 seconds left. Well, Doc said that. He said that he would. So what happened? Because Millsap, I, I, liked what, I liked what Millsap was bringing to the table games one and two. Last night, he had probably more of an accurate game to his current skill set. He was pretty bad last night. You know, he doesn't even hurt you out there, though. He's not going to be the core compromise. <laughs> let me launch the ball 50 yards into the stands while I'm trying to outlet pass. Or, like, Shake Milton takes a little, tries to do a little too much on offense, thinks he's Lou Williams at times. Like, he knows how to play the game. He's not hurting you. Let me ask you two questions about the roster. Yeah, One, yeah. on playoff time, is Isaiah Joe getting the current Korkmaz minutes? Do they flip? Yeah, it's so easy to say yes. Like, I don't think so. I mean, Korkmaz has played in the playoffs before. I, I almost look at he it right continue now. continue to do what he's doing and remain in the roads. That's like the definition of insanity is continuing yeah. to throw this guy out there. I understand that. But are the odds that Isaiah Joe comes on enough to contribute in the NBA playoffs? Like, you never know. I had a, I had a buddy of mine. I'm going to leave him nameless for, for the sake of his point. He DM me Nick Stauskas' uh, 57 yeah. points the other night. And he's like, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there. And I'm like, dude, it's Nick Stauskas, man. Like, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me that guy's name offline. Yeah, I I think he was joking. He hasn't really texted me back after that. You even heard last night on the um, the ESPN, the ESPN, uh, John. Yeah, JJ Reddick saying he had eight fans come up to him and be like, hey. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to ask you my second question, but then we need to do a short segment on how terrible JJ Reddick is at being a color commentator for a professional game. Second roster question. Come playoff time, fourth quarter, close games, last five minutes of the game when you put that roster out there, that ultimate roster. Is Niang in with Tobias on the bench? Uh, okay, so first of all, I just want to clarify the first question. My answer is no, even though I hate Furkan Korkmaz on this team in this rotation. I don't hate him in general. Uh, I got you. I got you. On the record. But, but my answer is no. Uh, is Niang in? I think it – so what's what's the situation? Are we up? The situation is there's two minutes left in the game. It's a one-point game. We're on the seesaw going back and forth, and it's coming down to the wire. No, you keep your – you put Niang in instead of um, Thibault. Well, well, then you're doing an offense defense if you're doing it that way. I'm talking just yeah. overall clutch minutes, though. I want to outscore. Don't think, you don't think Niang benefits the offense out there in those situations more than Tobias? I mean, he can if he's knocking down shots, but you go down swinging with your best players on the floor. It's the same thing as last year with Ben Simmons. Everybody's like, you should have benched him. Like, some people are trying to say that in hindsight because he's getting fouled. You go down swinging. Definitely with your should best. Have. They definitely should have benched him. We lost because we didn't. I think you go down swinging with your best players on the floor. Uh, I don't want to lose because we played George Niang. I love George Niang. You but know do you, but the question is not which one do we do you do you want to lose with. The question is which one do you think gives us a better chance of winning? Well, the thing is, I think you take Thibault off the floor there and you play all offense and you sacrifice a little bit of that defense and you you're not it. taking Thibault off. 
I, You're not taking Thibault off of Kevin Durant in the fourth quarter of a, a playoff game. You, you, you're not doing that. I do. Kevin Booker, you need Thibault in there. What else are you going to do? I, I don't – I think you figure that out. They're going to get their buckets anyway. I don't think Thibault is going to make – I love – I like Thibault on defense. He's a defensive specialist. That's great. I don't know that in the NBA playoffs – that's going to impact the last two minutes enough as, as much as hitting a corner three could. I would rather trade that. If we can go out there and just barrage that offense and unleash that offense for two minutes, I'll take that against Kevin Durant or Deb Book or whoever else. I'd rather go offense versus offense and defense versus offense. Offense wins in the NBA playoffs. End of the day, do you think we end up doing the, the offense first offense, or do you think they remain? The, the, the reason I ask that is because Tobias has not figured this thing out yet, and a lot of people are kind of giving him a free pass because, again, we're winning by a lot of games here. But it's going to become a topic at some point. Yeah, I, I think – I'm not giving him a pass. I do think, you know, there, was suppo- there will be an adjustment period whenever you add a player that is this prominent in a role to a team, right? And I think what's great about these first three games is you're not really seeing that adjustment between Joe and Harden. You're not seeing that between Harden and Maxi. If anything, everybody's thriving more. Like if Joel Embiid just plays a little bit more calm game last night, um, which another great example of when he gets on the national stage, something. I liked the technical. I liked it. It was necessary at that moment. I didn't hate it either. It's just overall, he didn't look like himself. And I've seen this happen too many times now to where I just. I hate when you do this. I need him to be himself. Oh man, you're you're always just throwing these these unnecessary jabs at at the process. It's not it's not a jab. He's my favorite player probably ever for the Sixers. That's already there. Like I just every time there, he didn't do it in the All Star game, so I was like, all right, maybe he's okay. But every time he's got a chance to prove himself on the national stage or in the playoffs, he just plays a little bit tense. It's just not the same loose forty and sixteen Joe. And that's not like he didn't have a great game. I mean, the guy was. Great last night. He had what 16 rebounds, 15 rebounds, and 26 points. Is that what he finished with? Something like that. No, I don't I mean, know. He, he played a fine game. Like we're talking, I'm nitpicking to the max. I'm just saying, if you go and you watch him, these big games outside of two, and I'll give those two actually, even um, even the Milwaukee game right before. Did we come out with that? Yeah. Did he play great in that? Yeah. But there was a couple of possessions where I'm like, man, Joel B doesn't typically make that play, or he doesn't miss these free throws, or he doesn't. Right. There's just something that's that's he was different. banging threes last night. Yeah, I, I mean he's amazing. Yeah, I'm nitpicking. I hate I am with you. I hate bringing that up because I don't. It's just if there was one thing I could change right now about him, it would be that. Well, um, we're, anyway, gonna get our first, we're gonna get the first test real quick this weekend, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens when we play the first place team. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be totally fine. But real quick, I think Tobias is the guy that needs that adjustment period. And I think it's some of it's a confidence thing. I think he's feeling the pressure of, I am paid this much. I am supposed to be the guy in this role. Maxie is taking this from me. How do I rise to the challenge? And I think he's got to get out of his head a little bit, realize that the role, um, feel like the role is, is going to benefit him a little bit um, and, and kind of get to a good place. He needs to do it. Yeah, well, kudos to Maxi for what he's been able to do these past couple of days. That was one of the best parts about the first game was, you know, is Maxi going to be less aggressive because he's going to be less ball dominant? And he came out incredibly aggressive. And the way he is shooting the three right now is so fun to watch. You and I were talking about it earlier. He's not just banging threes right now. He's banging step back threes and threes off the dribble and like pivot foot, jab step threes. It's it's fun to watch right now. And, and eventually... 
it's we're not going to win every game by 15. And I think this weekend might really be the first time where we, where we face a challenge. So I'm incredibly excited to see how that plays out. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you 100%, man. I mean, and the thing is, he's a student of the game. You can see that every time he's on the floor, he's do, trying something new. He's fearless. He Last night, there was a sequence where he got absolutely stuffed, somehow got the ball back and goes right back up with it and draws a foul. And it's like, you don't see 21-year-old kids not scared in this league, especially when you're playing with guys like, you know, Harden and Embiid. And there's a story, it was like Doc pulled him aside at the end of uh, the season last year and was basically like, are you willing to, are you willing to say no to guys like Joel Embiid? Like, are you willing to not give them the ball when it matters? Cause that's what we're going to need to do sometimes. If you're going to be the leader of, from a guard standpoint on this team, like, are you willing to take that step? And he's flourishing, man. It's cool to see. Yeah. It was cool to see two back-to-back games too, with him going one-on-one with Emmanuel quickly, former, former teammates. And quickly, he was also a, a person who's exceeded expectations, you know, first two year player in the league. But I think, I think we might've got the better end of that deal. Well, you know, what's crazy too is, you know, we, we always talk about, and we lament um, uh, the guy in Orlando who had a beautiful play last night, Marco Fultz or two nights ago. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. It was amazing. Love that for him and love to see him succeed. But we always lament, you know, picking him first overall and what that should have been for us. We don't have Maxi without Fultz. We just don't. That pick came as a direct result of the Marco Fultz deal. Wow. Well, and I think what's cool too is Maxi and Matisse. Not a lot of people hit what what pick in the draft was Matisse like 18th overall. Let me look that up, but that sounds right. It might have been a might have been like 16. Hitting on two core young guys on picks outside of the lottery is is underrated, especially you know, given all the picks we've missed on Evan Turner's Julio Okafers. So we we figured something out these past couple of years to be able to hit on him. He was actually the 20th pick. And wow. And Maxie was 21? 21. And Tobias Harris, fun fact, 19. Yeah. But, uh, pick him. but that, dude, that's the thing though. Like everybody's like freaking out about these draft picks. It's like, you're going to get a pick late in the twenties this year and the other one's protected. And that's like seven years down the road. Like who cares? Yeah. yeah who cares? And, and my thing, my thing going back to all these guys is like, I know you think we get Drummond back next year. I don't. Either way, it's not going to be a cheap price tag. And either way, he's a free agent. So were you going to win this year if you had the current roster constructed? You had no chance. So you essentially gave up because Curry was the only guy that was you on the roster. you think Ben would have actually played? Um, I'm, I'm still of the mindset. I don't know that he's going to play now. Yeah, dude, this guy's unbelievable. They're, they're, did you hear the story that came out? They were doing their photo shoot for like the intro video of starting lineups, and they asked Ben to go up for a fake dunk, and he didn't want to do it because of his back. I mean, I, I don't get it. The only thing I can rationalize it with is he's watching Harden go out here and dominate. He's watching Joe continue to dominate. He's watching Maxi play better than he played all of last year, and he's like, I'm terrified. To absolutely, I think that's I think that's where he's at. He's well. There's that we already know where we're. Well, yeah, a week from today is the next game, so we know that's not happening. Kind of probably knew all along that wasn't happening, but it's. it's been, What's he been doing? Well, the the other uh, word on the street is that he showed up and he basically had not been to a place where he was getting himself in proper shape leading up to the deadline. Like, so there's, there's rumors that there's some people unhappy with him in Brooklyn because 
leading up to the deadline, you would think he would be getting himself in shape and he was not at the level that he should have been. So that's where the back setback came in because now he's doing the workouts now that he kind of should have been doing. What's he doing? Hanging at Fiddler Club? I don't know, dude. He's hanging at Cherry Hill East. (laughs) What? Like what? You had seven months, whatever it is, where you're begging to get traded and you're supposed to be in the lab, as he says, just working on his game nonstop. And you're not ready to go now, what, three weeks after the trade? Yeah, he's not doing any team workouts. Or it's still all individual workouts for him. Good luck, Stephen A. and all these ESPN clowns. Windy. Oh, is that a wind gust? All, <laughs> all these guys out here saying, oh, we don't know. Philly got the better end of the trade. We'll see. You even heard it yesterday on ESPN at halftime. They're like, oh, I don't know. The Sixers got to play a better defense. Oh, like. They're missing Ben Simmons out there. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that a guy that is so scared to step on an NBA floor is going to make that team a title contender. They might not even make the play-in. Yeah. Well, again, there's no – who knows when he will play? Because part of me thinks it's like he wants to save himself the embarrassment of the criticism he would get by playing in the first game after the Sixers game. So he's building himself an even further buffer through, you know, all of this fake shit that will make him less embarrassed. But he he's had very bad self-awareness to this point. So it's no surprise that it's continuing. It's so embarrassing, man. I mean, look, I'm still I still have a lot of respect for the Nets, not because of him, but because whenever you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, if they are on the floor together, that's a dangerous duo. And that's that's as good of a duo as Joel Embiid and James Harden if they're on their game. Um, and they do have some decent role players around him. I love Seth Curry. I do think Andre Drummond is a good basketball player. Patty Mills is good. They have shooting outside of that. Like when you put those two guys, forget Ben, you put those two guys on the floor. Yeah. That team's good. That seems very good. Kevin Durant's one of very few people in the league that can basically be put around any roster and go win a game on any given night. Well, I made a comment the other day to somebody and it was like, Joel Embiid's by far the best player in the NBA right now. And they're like, well, what about Kevin Durant? Like Kevin Durant hasn't played. So, like, would I take Kevin Durant over Joel Embiid, like, looking forward if I had to project out, like, one to two years? Still, yeah. yes. Like, he is he is the perennial player in the NBA. But he hasn't played all year. Yeah. So, but, you know, it doesn't mean you can't respect him. Like, he's there. And Kyrie Irving's – And they're scary when you think playoffs, too. I mean, like, you know, I think about the Sixers – first place right now in the East is the Heat. Yeah, I think they don't. The, the Heat stand zero chance in a seven game series against the Sixers. The, the Nets honestly worry me a little more than that, just because Kevin Durant in the playoffs is a scary thing. And that it goes back to even the point of why we needed a guard that can go score down five, up five, two minutes left in a game. You're down by 10. You're up by 30, 20. Remember all those games last year where we were just dominating the Hawks and they came back because we didn't have a guard to go in there, hit a step back three and all shut right. them up. We didn't have a guard that could put, that could score one point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? That's that's where stars win in the NBA playoffs. And now we got two of them. We got two and a half. You know, anyway, you slice it between Maxi and uh, and and Harris. I do think Harris will step up a little bit here. But yeah, it's 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 special to see. And that's where I look at Miami, and I'm like, they almost remind me of the Sixers from last year. There is no one A NBA superstar on that team. Right. They're all they're all one B to B stars. Right. They just play really well together. Well, they're, they're good players. I mean, Bam Adebayo is a good player. Jimmy Buckets is probably the best of the three. Kyle Lowry's a good player. You got Hero. 
Uh, Duncan Robinson can knock down a three. Kyle Lowry's missed like 20 games this year, and it says for personal reasons. Do you know anything about that? Uh, it's interesting. No, I don't know that. It, yeah. it, could, it could easily just be that they're giving him rest because he's like 36. No, he's been away from the team. And it happened for a while, and then he came back, and now he's gone again. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Could be I don't a, want to speculate either. Could be a COVID, COVID-related matter maybe in the family. Um, but uh, the Bank Statement Twitter account will be, a, will be one to follow as, uh, as we'll be behind enemy t- lines in Miami on Saturday night. So you'll want to check that out. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, the Twitter account has honestly really been taking off lately. Credit to the social media team for the Bank Statement. Yeah, social media team. They do tweet some crazy things that are not opinion shared by everybody at times. Um, but we are working on the accuracy of their tweets as well. That was one tweet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was one tweet. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a crazy opinion. It was just Adrian Wojnarowski, not Wojnarowski. I don't know. That one was tough. That was a, that was a yeah, good one. like this, you know, adamancy about, you know, Drummond being back. I don't know that that's, you know, official bank statement tweet. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Oh man, you want to log in? You want yeah, to right. right. our job. Okay. And you know what I learned too, as I as I learned Twitter. Well, and you know, this is for me working with our social media team. If you if you tag people in tweets, you start getting random replies from random people that see your tweets out there. I was getting a lot of I was getting a lot of love on my JJ Reddick takes last night. Oh, you were ripping JJ Reddick. So tell me about this JJ Reddick take. Did you so so you're in Philly, so you got to watch the game with the Kate Scott a la team, correct? Kidding me? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, first of all, I want to talk to you about that on a separate pod too, because Kate Scott has in rapidly gotten better and I'm, I have changed my stance entirely. I'm a fan. <laughs> I, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you would laugh at that, but that's, you know, you're barbaric in that sense. Um, Bro, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I know you can't. Girl, but Bessie! <laughs> All right. No, she's good. She's good. She makes good calls. She gets into the game. She compliments Allah well. She's not corny anymore. She's not uncomfortable. She's taken to the city. I was listening to sports radio. Kate Scott called in before the deadline to address the rumors of her being included in the Ben Simmons trade. Oh, man. Dude, she's, she's so nice, and she loves the city of Philadelphia. Like, I have nothing against her as a person. Oh, just, that's, 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 a, that's a blank. It's not. She's just so insufferable to listen to. No, she's not. She's gotten better, and if you gave her a chance and went into a game with an open mind, you would hear that, too. I turned this. I'm watching the ESPN broadcast last night. You watched JJ Reddick. Yeah, I did. That was the worst thing I ever heard. He didn't talk the whole first quarter. I saw a tweet somewhere. It's like, someone should tell JJ that he's allowed to talk. Look, I'm totally fine with when I watch games. Sometimes I am a, um, I fall victim to not necessarily paying attention to the broadcast. I just keep, I like to have some background noise. Once in a while, I'll pick something up. Like, I don't know. I don't pay. I don't overly care about who's broadcasting, which is why it's hilarious that I have such a strong take on the Kate Scott thing. Ugh. But that's why I can't take it. It's like, can she- you do me a favor and actually do me a favor? Can you listen to Friday night's game with Kate Scott and just go into it with the, with an idea that maybe she, she has gotten better. Sure. And I would love nothing more than to come out and be like, yeah, I, I'm, I've come around to Kate's God. I would love that. That'd be amazing. Dude, I turn it off and I listen to like Meek Mill radio now for the games, just at my house. Well, that's kind of hyped. 
Yeah, it's kind of cool, honestly. But yeah. there's nothing worse. It's like Embiid throws it down and like she takes away. Oh, no, she it. doesn't. She's good at that now. She makes good calls on those things now. Right, I'm telling yeah, you. I'll, give it, I'll give it a chance. I didn't hate JJ last night. I don't think he added anything. You didn't hate JJ. He took subtle jabs at Philly fans like throughout the broadcast. And, and for some reason, they gave him a standing ovation, which I did not understand. He had a whole monologue to where he was like, Philly was like two of the best years of my career and right. because of the fans. And he was like, I would take, you know, the booze and the cheers and all that over apathy any day. Yeah. I had no issues with him. I thought he was terrible. He was putting me to sleep. It I, was, think- I was so hyped for the home opener and he was putting me to sleep out of the gate. I think it's ridiculous that we didn't get the A squad. Yeah, A squad was on the back-to-back game. That's, that, that, that's the second time, too. They're on the back-to-back did. game and there's no, there's literally no stars playing in that game. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Because, dude, it's the network. It's the four-letter network. They, it's Philly versus everybody. They don't like I don't us. Understand how we got so hated by that network? Is it a Boston thing? Like the Connecticut? Like, is is there bias there? Where did we go wrong? I don't know, but I've given up on them. I'm never gonna listen to a Stephen A. Take ever again. It's just in one ear and out the other for me now. I can't even disagree with you. I don't know. I don't understand where it's gone wrong. Yeah. I don't. I don't get. It. I used to love first take. I could, you know, suffer through Skip Bayless. I thought it was funny. I'm, I can't. They're inside. I can't do it. He, Perkins is making the most sense on the network right now. Yeah, he's the only one that likes Philly, and he sucks. Yeah, yeah. He like Kendrick Perkins, but he wants to be the guy because he knows we're going to win the finals, and then he'll be able to go and laugh at all of them. He's the Dan Orlovsky of the group. You ever do a my career in a NBA two K? Um, where you build a player and take and get them to the league? Yeah, no, I have not. I have not done that. When you do it, you know, big perk causes a lot of problems for your uh, your character. Oh, uh, no. Off the court? Off the court. Starts criticizing <laughs> them for all kinds of nonsense. No way. That's not great for your guy. Is it, worth, is it worth the setup? I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Okay. I'll it's take a, a look. If you, if you give skate... If you give Skate Pot a second chance, I'll give that. I'm gonna give her. I'm gonna give her a second chance. And honestly, I hope to God I'm coming back on here and I'm eating my words. I wouldn't even eat my words because she was terrible. That that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> she was awful. So no, I, she I, wasn't, I, dude. She was she, not. You're telling me to start the season. She was great. No, she wasn't great. But she is. She is. She. She went through the necessary growing pains that any person would do following Mark Zumoff. Also. Real quick, do you think Zumoff is pissed that he didn't stay one more year? Um, it's a great question. <laughs> I think about that all the time. It's kind of sad. You know, it's like Harry Callis got his. I'm pissed he didn't stay one more yeah, year. Yeah, I am too, man. I, I would love – he deserves to be on this run, but maybe he was the reason we were losing. Is that I mean, blasphemy? That's so blasphemy. Oh, uh, that's a violation? That might, that's the biggest violation you've had in weeks. Oh, no, I should have said that. It felt bad coming out of that. I'm um I don't know. I'll give I'll give her a chance. Give her a chance. I'll give her a chance. I will say whenever uh Tom McGinnis is on, it's a way better broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mark Jackson. I think he's pretty good. He's fine too. Yeah. I like when he gets on. Like if Mark Jackson is our B team guy for the Sixers and he's ten thousand times better than JJ Reddick. I don't disagree, but he's also 10 times better than Kate Scott. All right. All right. All right. Friday night. Give her a listen. I'll give her a listen. And, you know, I love, I will say again, I love how she's embraced the city. I just, you know, all right. 
McCall spade a spade. What else? You got anything else? We touched on Harden. We touched on Simmons. We touched on Reddick. I already, I already asked you if you wanted to touch on the MLB lockout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to touch on that. <laughs> Dave came with a full agenda item of, of segments to talk lockout. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> I have like eight points I would like to make on the MLB yeah. lockout. <laughs> yeah, I hope they play. I hope that it works out. <laughs> well, they're not going to play, at least not now. Yeah. But. Uh-huh. Talk about it with, on your other podcast. What, what's your uh, final thing, I guess? What's going on this weekend in terms of record? I think we split, we sweep. What's going on? Um, back-to-backs when you travel overnight are just tough. I think if there were a game to lose and it would be acceptable and I'd be okay with it, it would be the Miami game. I'm really hoping there's no um, you know, rest. Like if I'm going down to Miami to watch this game, I'm really hoping that I'm not seeing like a hard and rest day. That would actually be devastating. Um, I don't think they could. I, I think that would be so stupid if they did that. I mean, you're in the, you're in a playoff chase right now where you're two games back of Miami for the number one seed. I would be actually very upset with the Sixers if they did that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it'll happen either. This is a big week. I I think we go two and zero, and that's just because you can't. You know, who knows? We might go two and zero and win both games by fifteen plus points. The way this thing's going, I think we go two and zero. But if we lose to Miami, I'm not going to be upset. If there's if there is a rest game, which I don't want there to be, it better be tomorrow. Or because of Miami. and the reason for that is you got the Bulls on Monday too. So oh, yeah. You got the Bulls on Monday and then you got the Nets on Thursday. Yeah. So these next four games are big. So if you're gonna do a rest day, you better do it tomorrow. Now, I will say I don't think there will be one either because I think you're at the point of the schedule where you have just so many big games here in a row. Right. That I think you have to go through the gauntlet. You also don't have that much time to acclimate James Harden. And if you're Joel Embiid yeah. trying to win the MVP, you got to go play in these games. It would be kind of ridiculous if you didn't. Right. And the other good thing is between the Bulls game on Monday and the Nets game on Thursday, you have two game, two days off, right? So, yeah. Uh, and the Nets come in that game on Thursday off a of back to back and also third game straight on the road for them. So that we got a little bit of advantage there. And then what's nice is if you really want to give them a rest day, give them a rest day against the Magic after that on that Sunday. That way they go Thursday because there's back-to-backs there too. And then you go Thursday to Monday, and then you got the Nuggets on Monday yeah. where Embiid can spank uh, Jokic a little bit. Yeah. So that's that's probably where I would take it. I mean, you got a bunch of big games here coming up. I, I would love to see a scenario where they are at least tied for first place by the end of next week. I think it's possible – I don't know what they'll do this weekend. I do think of the next four, they will win three. I don't know which three they're going to be. They're on a winning streak, so they're due for a loss here at some point, you'd think. Uh, and also with the new James Harden edition, I would think they're going to lose somewhere along the line. What like, if they just never lose a game ever again? I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, the thing is, you watch them play, and you're like, they're going to make a run. Yeah, that game I was never worried, especially when we hit the bucket. I think Tobias got a bucket right before halftime. I was like, all right, they're done. Because we have those games all the time where guys like Julius Randle don't miss a shot in the first half, and you're like, okay, well, that that can't continue. Right. Right. Well, the thing is, remember the Boston game a couple weeks ago? I'm almost at the point where I don't know that we lose with Harden because I think it's what you were missing. It's you were missing somebody to come in and stop that run to stop the nonsense that's happening and to kind of right the ship offensively. And you know what? Joe actually was the one who really did it last night. You go into the locker room down seven, Harden kind of kept you in at the end of the second. And then Joe comes out firing, bang, two, three, a uh, three and a three point yeah. play, right? Yeah. All of a sudden you're down one. 
Yeah. And the game wasn't even close going into the fourth quarter. No, and that's the best. These second halves that they've been putting up. It used yeah. to be where they would just lose games in the third quarter. They'd come out of halftime and just completely blow it. Now we're a second-half team. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, it's cool to see. The bench is a little bit worrisome. It seems like nobody wants to step up and be great on that bench. But Shake had a couple buckets. Yeah, Shake's just – he's so inconsistent. Yeah. Remember Shake. when you thought he was going to be sixth man of the year last year? Yeah, I called that. I once called – I once called – um. I once think I put some money a couple of years ago on preseason prediction for uh, Tony Roten to win, to be an all-star. Wow. Yeah. I think he ended up playing like four games that year. And that was the last time we ever saw him. Yeah. So, that general didn't pan out. Yeah. My, my backup point guard claims have, have been pretty off for a while. Well, I'm excited, man. I mean, this is kind of everything that we've been uh, waiting for fans out there. If you guys have any tips and tricks on how to postpone a honeymoon, um, you know, I'm even happy to put you in contact with my fiance directly and plead my case for me. I think that could play, uh, play. You got to start bit. planning. It's, it's, you got to start thinking about these things. I mean, the thing is, I'm so pumped for this thing. It's going to be the trip of a lifetime. I just, you know. Yeah. We don't need Maldives, Dave, to, you know, when, when I'm on Broad Street. What am I just going to go Instagram live from the Maldives, jumping into the Indian Ocean? Just hyped up. With a bunch of new friends whose names are too <laughs> determined. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll be ripping the streets of Bangkok like a lunatic. I mean, I bet you there is a, a Sixers bar in Bangkok if it happens there. That could actually be pretty cool. That would Maldives be cool. Shot. Wow. That would be great for the podcast, too, to expand our our uh, audience out to Bangkok. Multicultural Dave. I'll, I'll rip the bank statement hat with my Joel and B jersey. Yeah. Wow. Just taking wow. the streets of Bangkok. Should I wear the bank statement hat to Miami? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Good colors on there too. Um, cool. We gotta we gotta get our guests on. We had one of our uh, listeners kind of fill us in on um, the Frosties, uh, so we'd love to have him call in here over the next couple of weeks. And yeah, man, we'd love to get some more fan involvement here. We'll get a little more consistent as we go. Um, but we got buckle up, guys. We got a we got a great run here going right into the NFL draft and beyond into the playoffs. So we're uh, excited. All right. Good talking to you, Dave. I love you, man. You too, bro. Peace. Later.